Okay. Hey, everybody. So I have with me today a very special guest. Um, her name is Brooke Sanders. Um, and, Brooke, we've known each other for a while, haven't we? Um, I was we have. To, I was trying to think about this, how long we've known each other. Um, is it about five years? I was going to say five. Yeah, I, I feel like it's five. I remember this is when I was at a different location that was in uh, – I was out of West Dallas. And yep. um, I remember connecting with you. Um, you were with Shore West, which you are now. And, um, yeah, I was just thinking about how long we know each other and the little things we've gone through. And you were newer in the industry, I believe, at that time. Um, yeah, I've, I've only been selling real estate about seven years. So right. I've only been selling for about two years when we met. Yeah, but seven years is a long time. You've definitely been doing it for a while now. Yeah. Um, definitely not a rookie anymore. <laughs> not a rookie anymore. <laughs> no. But, but um, if you could tell the audience, I, I know you do real estate, you're um, a realtor, and could you tell a little bit of background, too? Um, I know he's been doing it for seven years, but um, um, what did you do prior? And kind of if you could tell the story how you got into real estate a little bit, that'd be great. Sure. So um, in my previous life, I like to say um, I was a television journalist. So I was you know, the reporter standing in front of the burning building covering what was going on at City Hall. Um, I did that for 17 years, and then my um, family relocated to Wisconsin um, for a job transfer for my spouse at the time, um, and I decided that getting into television here was going to be very difficult for my family because I felt like my daughter and my husband needed me to you know, have a, a regular schedule. Sure. So I took a year and a half off, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, and I had bought and sold several homes um, in Tennessee, where we're from, and I'd also helped my friends buy and sell homes um, in Tennessee, getting their houses ready and stuff. And I thought, well, that could be fun. You know, I love homes, and I still get to see people and learn their stories. So I took my real estate class, and here I am. Very cool. Very cool. So you're, you've been in journalism, so that's your background. That's um, my background, yes. Do you find that that's helpful in, in your line of work now, you know, especially working with the, the consumer directly, the homeowner? Sure. Um, you know, I do think it's, it's very helpful. I mean, one thing that I bring to it is I ask a lot of questions. Um, and I think I have an ability to kind of get down to the nitty-gritty of what people are looking for, what are their end goals, and mm -hmm. to help them develop their personal plan of how to get there. Um, and also, being a television journalist, I moved a lot. Um, so I honestly believe that it's not just about the house. It's about the lifestyle that comes with the house. So finding yeah. out what's important to a buyer um, or the seller, you know, but mainly the buyer when you're talking about lifestyle, you know, what's important to you? Do you want to be able to walk to something? Um, do you need bike trails? Do you, are the school, is the school district the most important thing? Um, do you need to have access to the arts? Um, are you, do you want a lot of land? Um, do you like that privacy? All of those things are, are just as important as the actual structure of the home. So yeah. I always try to find out those things so that we can find the, the best of all worlds for those people. Yeah. And working with you for a while, you, you definitely listen well and, think about all those things. You know, I never thought about how you moved a lot. So you can feel that that stress that homeowners go through when 
anyone moves that, you know, it doesn't matter how easy the process is sometimes, it's just stressful moving, you know, and yeah. It is. It's very stressful whether you're selling a house or whether you're buying a house, um, whether you're moving across country or you're just moving across town. And moving brings stress. Um, and I do think it's very important to have an agent that removes as much of that stress as they can. Yeah. Um, takes it on, take some of it on themselves or help guide. And mainly I feel like it's my job to help guide people through those stressful moments. Mm-hmm. You know, here's how we get through this hiccup in, in the transaction. Um, let's get a plan so that we make sure you've got the boxes and the movers and everybody in place. And here's the timing of how things can work out and we'll go as smoothly as possible. Uh, you know, I feel like that's the most important part of my job. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do a really good job of holding that hand and helping those people. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, I, and I'm not saying that as any promotion. It's just us working together over the years. Um, yeah, so the the thing I want to also ask you, the, the, let's talk about the market for a minute. So sure. what's your what's your thought on it? Is it is it one side or the other? Is <clears throat> it a lot of things going on? Um, what, do you, what do you think? You know, I still believe we're going to have a strong 2020. Um, I do feel like we're getting a slower start. We still have a serious lack of inventory. I was going to um, ask you why a slow start. Is it because of the inventory, you think? Well, I think I think we've had kind of a long, dreary six months as far as weather goes. I think we have lots going on in the world with our politics and with um, – mm. The uh, economy, you know, yesterday, um, our stock market, the stock market plunged, mm-hmm. the coronavirus is out there. There's lots of unknowns that I think are making, and then, you know, we have a presidential election coming up, and no matter what side of the aisle you are on or you're on or who you think you might vote for, it's unsettling because it's unknown. There's an unknown there, and what will this person bring to the table, and how will that affect all of our lives? So I, I think that there's a little bit of hesitation there. Um, mm-hmm. But I also feel like people are waiting for that right moment to put their house on the market. Yeah. So I would expect things to start ticking now that we're almost to March. Um, and I would expect a very busy April and May. Yeah. Okay. That's good to hear. You know, it's interesting in our world, election years tend to be pretty stagnant. I get the question a lot, what are rates going to do this year, Josh? And the, the answer is usually pretty clear once I know, you know, the the state of the economy, the job market, because it has a lot to do with movement of investor money with bonds and stock market and whatnot. But election years are interesting because there's a lot of stagnant mindsets because they're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen later this year, and then mm-hmm. major mo- major movements tends to happen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost predictable in election years. Some stuff, right? If you just know it's not going to be major movements up or down. Absolutely. And I think, too, it's not even something a lot of people are cognizant of. It just is a feeling that's out there. And I think right now everyone feels just a little unsettled. Right. Yeah. And I want to put it out there. It's funny because uh, the stock market yesterday, I was just talking to a few people about the fear that the coronavirus is putting out there. And mm-hmm. and there's so and it's, it's so true. So many people talk about the, the regular flu that's out there and it's, it's sickened and killed way more people than the coronavirus. But there's something about the fear that's happening right now, and it's driving the emotions of people in the markets. So it's, 
interesting to see what's going to happen over the next few weeks if that fear is still going to be there. Well, and I think, too, what I'm reading and seeing about the the virus and its impact on the economy is just there are certain companies that, you know, are having to redirect how they do business. Mm -hmm. I mean, like United Airlines isn't flying to China because of everything that's going on there. So, and that's a huge market for them. So I think that, do I think it's like imminent and dangerous here? Probably not, but mm-hmm. at this point anyway, but I think when you're thinking how we have this global economy going on, it, it is going to impact how people do business for a while. That's a good point. I was just, I'm just thinking about it now as we're talking about, I wonder how it affects the new home market with the builders and the materials, if they're getting it from mm-hmm. overseas. Um, I just thought about that now. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, so tell tell people if you could share a good tip for a let's, – let's think about a seller. So okay. we, have, we have an inventory problem. Let, let's talk about the – think about the people who are on the fence. They're like, ah, Brooke, I'm not sure if I should sell for whatever reason I have. Like, can you give them some good tips to help get over that hump or prepare to sell? Anything you want to share? Well, I, I think the hesitation is because many people are like, I don't know where I would go. Yeah. Uh, because there's not a lot of inventory. Okay. But what I would say is we are hitting a market that is so strong for sellers. You're in the driver's seat. There's lots of ways around. I don't know where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Buyers in this area want good homes, and they are willing to wait for them. So maybe mm-hmm. you get the accepted offer, and you don't close for 60 days. Maybe you get... Um, an accepted offer and you close and you um, rent back or they let you stay for a couple months until you find your place. There's lots of ways around that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the key to selling and selling quickly and selling for the most amount of money is to make sure that your home shows well. And I think the easiest analogy for getting your home ready to show is to think about like, when you're trading your car in. You know, we all live in our cars right now. I probably have, you know, a Diet Coke cough and probably, um, <laughs> you know, um, a hat and a pair of gloves in the back seat and probably needs to be vacuumed, definitely needs to go through the car wash right now. I right. would not take my car in that condition to trade it in. Hmm. I would take it and, you know, I would get I'd get rid of the Diet Coke cough, the kids' gear. You know, I would I would take it to the car wash and make it shine Mm-hmm. And then bring it to trade it in. So what you're thinking about your house is you want your house to shine. So you want it to, to put it the best foot forward. So you want to touch up paint if you need to do that. You may need to change a paint color because mm-hmm. you want to appeal to the most buyers. You know, this is no longer your home. This is a home you're trying to sell to other people. And so you want them to be able to see themselves in your house. doesn't have to be a, a big ordeal. I personally provide complimentary staging to all of my clients and I bring in a decorator who comes in and who will go room by room and tell you what you need to do. And you can do all of it. You can do none of it. If you do all of it, your house will probably sell for money in less amount of time. If you do part of it, you're still going to do okay. Um, But they will work with each seller to get them to the point where they're comfortable. And now my goal is to try to get your home on the market and sold as quickly as possible because I don't want, the seller to be inconvenienced trying to live in a magazine ready home because nobody lives that way. You know? <laughs> I mean, they just don't. 
But so it's very stressful to keep everything up. And if you have to do that for a long period of time, then that becomes an even greater stressor on the seller. So the goal is to get it done and get it and get that offer as quickly as possible. Okay. Love it. That's a great analogy. The whole, the whole car thing. Cause I mean, we, we all live like, like whatever in a car. Cause you know, we don't, it's just mm-hmm. us in our car usually, right? Maybe from family well, members, you know. Well, if you walk into my house right now, you know, I've got dishes in the sink. They need to go into the dishwasher. Right. I wouldn't show you my house with dishes in the sink. So right. if you get in that mindset of, like, I wouldn't trade my car in looking like this, I wouldn't sell my house looking like this. Yeah, sure. For sure. That's, that's great. I love that. I love that. And I hear the staging is important sometimes and just the – the decluttering, you know, I, I yes. hear that that's helpful, right? Because correct me if I'm wrong, I hear the buyers have, sometimes have a hard time seeing past that stuff. It's just something with the human being that we just can't see past it and we look at it as a negative. For some well, yeah. you know, I always look at it right now is there's a whole generation of people that have grown up with HGTV. Mm. And so they come into a home expecting it to look like a model home. And Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of personal vision. And if you don't decontent your house and depersonalize it enough so that someone can see themselves living in that home, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Because sometimes it's just as easy as getting the clutter off the countertops so that they can see you have a lot of countertop space. Yeah. Um, and you don't want them to get distracted by who you are personally. And, you know, the best example of that story, because people say, why do I have to shake down all my personal pictures? I remember when I first got into the business, I had some people that were relocating. And we had to find them the house that weekend. And mm-hmm. we saw like 15 houses. And there was one house that we saw when we walked in the front door, there was like this life-size giant blow-up of an of a um, a newspaper article, and yep. the photo was of my daughter's skating coach. Hmm. So we started talking about, oh, my daughter ice skates, and oh, that's her skating coach, and she's with them right now, and blah, blah, blah. And that's the conversation we had. That's what we all remembered about that house. So we saw 15 houses that day. We could not remember the layout of that house. If they liked the house or they didn't, we all remembered that was the skating house. Oh. So that house fell off the radar because we got distracted. Mm. Um, so that's a, and you don't want to give anybody a reason not to like your house. Like, what if you have a big Green Bay Packer room and their Cubs, you know, and their Bears fans, right? Oh, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't, you don't want to give them a reason to say, oh, well, those people like the Packers. I can't buy that house. You, you want to make sure that you get rid of those things in your life, it, it, those obstacles. There's no reason for that to be an obstacle. Yeah. Interesting. I, I don't think I ever thought about that. That. The, the personal stuff is distracting, and that's what other mm-hmm. people remember, not mm-hmm. the house. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, cool. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with people? Any good tips or anything that I might not have asked you about? Well, you know, I think we're in a seller's market, so I think it's a great time to sell. You're probably going to get the most for your the most amount of money for your house now. Sure. Um, as far as buyers go. I, I think you have to be prepared to write that offer when you see the house. So mm-hmm. get your pre-approval, um, learn what goes into an offer to purchase so you're comfortable with it, and 
my best advice that I try to give my clients is if this is a house you love, put your best foot forward. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't hold anything back if you're in a multiple offer situation. Put your best foot forward so that if you don't get that house, you have no regrets. You, You tell yourself, I did everything I could to get this house. It's just not my house. I hate when I call somebody and say, you didn't get the house, and they're like, we should have gone $5,000 higher. Right. You know, and then they're and they're bummed and they're sad because that was their dream house, and they just didn't do that little bit more to get the house. So it's uncomfortable, but that's kind of the market we're in right now. That's so funny you bring that up because I've had multiple scenarios and I can think about is I'll, I'll pre-approve someone, and part of the pre-approval process is talking about budget and you know what they're comfortable with so then i get them to that it's usually the payment because people just focus on the payment more generally because we just live life we live month to month and we we go over hitting that payment and then all of a sudden we'll get to let's say for example it's a two hundred thousand dollar purchase price and then they go out with they go out with you looking at houses and then they fall in love with the 205 house the 210 220 Mm -hmm. let's say and I've learned that I've learned to go over the 205 price, the 210 price with them, so they're aware of the small difference it really is in that budget payment, so they don't lose that, quote, dream house sometimes, because if I don't have that conversation with them, they they may just, they may never pull the trigger and go forward with that house and put the best foot forward when they didn't realize, oh my gosh, Josh, it's only 25 bucks more a month or, or whatnot. So, you know what I mean? It helps remove that fear in budget because the budget yeah. does, it leads a lot. It has a lot to do with the decision, right? And um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Some people don't realize like five, 10 grand, whatever it is, if that's what it takes and you love this house, you might have to do that in a competitive situation. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the best advice I have for them is just, you know, figure that out. And it's not going to be every house that you're willing to go that extra $5,000. But when you find that one, then you should. Oh, of course, yeah. And just be mm-hmm. prepared for it. So know your numbers, yep. yeah. Yeah. I love it, Brooke. I appreciate right. the, the advice. And um, I'll make sure to leave some uh, details and notes on how people can contact you with any other questions. Well, cool. great. Thank you so much. It was so good to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Talk All to right, you soon. We'll talk later. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.